What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the planet today. Today is Monday, March 7th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here once again with our producer and co-host, Nick Janusa. Nick, how goes it? Mede, it goes pretty well over here, my dude. I am looking forward to spring, the warmer weather, and March Madness. You know, I haven't watched any college basketball this season, and... That's kind of a recurring trend for me. And then March Madness comes along and I'm like, the sport's awesome. You're like, Vanderbilt sucks. <laughs> I'm just betting on all the 12-5 the upsets. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's that time of year. I'm an NBA guy personally. I love the sport. I just, if I followed every single league, like from the college level to the pro level in all the sports I cared about, I would have no free time. So I, Exactly. Yeah. That's how I prioritize it. Yeah, you got to pick and choose what sports you you put your time into and, and watch. Yeah. All right. And with that, let's get into the show. Welcome to the planet today. Here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. The show is your one-stop shop for all things environmental, whether you're just diving into a green lifestyle or you're ready for some more involved conversations about what can be some complex topics. TPT has a little bit for everyone, so we're happy to have you as a listener. Yes, and like we say for every show, go rate the show on Apple and Spotify as well. Please do it. And while you're at it, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, let's talk about A Beautiful Planet on Hulu. Hulu's description of the film says, A Beautiful Planet is a breathtaking portrait of Earth from space. Made in cooperation with NASA, the film features stunning footage of our magnificent blue planet and the effects humanity has had on it over time. IMDb describes it as an exploration of Earth and beyond, as seen from the International Space Station. The film is written and directed by Tony Myers and is narrated by Jennifer Lawrence. Now let's get into our discussion questions. So why did we choose this documentary? Yeah, for me, it kind of checked off all of my personal boxes when I was just reading about it. Um, It was on the shorter end and, you know, I, I don't like feeling like we're giving the listeners homework or you know <laughs> asking them to watch a three-part six-hour docu-series <laughs> so you know at only 45 minutes i figured easy to watch it'll be easy to discuss low commitment it was also put together in part by nasa so i was thinking this is going to have some really interesting really legit science behind it that's presented in a digestible way and also j-law narrated it so that definitely helps Yeah, for some reason, it's always easier to stay engaged with like a familiar voice rather than just some random narrator. Like if I hear David Attenborough's voice in a a documentary, I am immediately captivated. Yeah, it's something with him, too, about like the prestige. Like, you you know, he's only working on stuff that's the best of the best. Like this is going to be the highest quality footage with the best science behind it and the best voice in the world talking about it. Like, what a cool dude. Yeah, like, they paid top dollar to get David Attenborough. This has got to be a good documentary. I think I would pay a lot of money every month to just have a podcast of David Attenborough and Morgan Freeman just talking. Like, 
get them together a cup of tea for each of them and they just talk until they're finished with their tea <laughs> like 15 minutes to start your day that would be the best <laughs> that would be awesome seriously there's there's a massive market out there that is not being capitalized on because that <laughs> podcast does not exist this is the two best voices of all time and i'm gonna I'm going to say that one. That's the hill I'm willing to die on. Those are the best voices of all time. Can you imagine how calm you would feel coming away from that podcast? You would feel literally rejuvenated and all you did was sat there and listened. <laughs> Just listening to two guys talking about how they like their toast. <laughs> <laughs> the butter is immaculate. <laughs> Medium brown or, or light crisp. <laughs> All right. With all of our documentaries, we want to watch something that's relevant and will continue to become increasingly relevant. So the next question is, why is this film important? I think it's a perspective shifter documentary. Like, I don't want to get into it too much because I know we're going to talk about this later, but the documentary did a really good job of reminding me just how massive this earth really is and how small we are in comparison. Yeah. That's something that I was, I was going to talk about a little bit later too, but yeah, the the scale and the size of everything is really put into perspective when you see everything from space. Like for me, my takeaway was I feel like Earth is so beautiful and so worth protecting and seeing shots of space, the stars and Earth from the ISS really just put things into perspective for me. Like Earth is so big and so vast and there is so much going on. Yeah. But at the same time, it is so small. Like it's just a drop in the ocean of our Milky Way galaxy. And there's so many other galaxies in the universe. And, you know, like you said, Earth is small. But at the same time, it's so big, like I was saying. And we are so small in relation to the Earth, in relation to the galaxy. But everything is so connected. Like, yeah, seeing how small we are is kind of eerie, but it almost makes me feel more connected to everyone and everything on Earth because of it. We're so close to each other in the grand scheme of things. Like I couldn't help but feel that the impact we have on each other is probably greater than we realize just because of how small Earth really is in the grand scheme of the universe. Yeah, definitely. Like we we really do play such a big part in, in each other's lives and we really don't even know it. Yeah, and it's so funny because I, I think everything I said about that is true, but it contradicts itself so much like earth is so big, but earth is so small and we are so connected and so important, <laughs> but we are so insignificant. And the fact that I just said all of those things that all counteract each other in the like, same sentence kind of yeah. just shows you the complexity of the universe and some of those shots of earth and some of those shots of space really kind of brought that one home for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. All right, so let's get into some important environmental takeaways that we had. So what did you have, Matt? So just a couple quick notes I took about the Earth's surface. It was crazy how from space you could see how blue the Caribbean water is. And that just blew my mind. Like you see where the islands are and just around them is this like aquamarine, beautiful shade of blue. And then you get to the deeper, darker blue ocean around it. And, you know, seeing that contrast was wild. Yeah, I wonder if they like color edited this because it, it was gorgeous. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would be surprised if they did because we're talking about NASA from the International Space Station. So good point. They probably have the most high tech, like wh whatever camera is the most expensive camera you can buy is 
not as high quality as whatever they were shooting that with. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Also, the view of the Andes Mountains stretching 4,500 miles through ice fields and deserts was so cool to me. And speaking of deserts, they showed the Namib Desert, which they said is the oldest and driest desert in the world. And I didn't know that. So, you know, there was a lot of things that they were just pointing out on the Earth's surface where it was so easy to see and so easy to visualize because you have just these high tech, high definition shots from space. Yeah, it's something that we're not used to seeing, right? Like, you you might see the map like on your weather channel, <laughs> like that's literally yeah. And it's like, hey, here's the tri-state area, and this is the weather you're getting. That's it. And we don't get to see like unless you're like an actual meteoro- meteorologist, like the whole Earth and what it looks like via satellite is so cool. It really like you forget how awesome that is. Yeah, one of the things that really stood out to me was uh, Jennifer Lawrence called it evidence of Earth's violent past and you got to see a 62 mile crater in Quebec from when an asteroid hit the earth. Like what? That was wild. 62 miles wide. (laughs) I didn't even know about that. I feel embarrassed, but I did not even know that that existed. I didn't either. So I don't know. Maybe we're uncultured. Maybe. I mean, also to be fair, it's in Canada. So I'm sure it's like, it's bigger there. It might be more of a tourist attraction. I've never been to Quebec. So I don't know. I don't see any way I would have like stumbled across that until now. Yeah, seriously. And there's two more things I wanted to bring up just from the Earth's surface that we got to see. The first is seeing thunderstorms from space. I just, I have no way to break down how cool that looked and how just (laughs) abundant the lightning was. Like that was wild. And the second is they showed Typhoon Mizak, which had a 25 mile diameter eye and dude, it was so well defined. You could see every individual circulation of the wind going through that, which was just wild. I, I, I'm just out of loss for words. Yeah, that was really cool. And it also like put into perspective how big 25 miles looks like from Earth. Like, I know they're zooming in a lot, but it was like, wow, that's the 25 mile diameter of this of this storm. Like it was so cool. And yeah, the thunderstorms, I can't even imagine what that looks like in real life, like seeing it from space. Now I kind of am understanding why people want to be astronauts. Like it's, it's sick. Yeah. (laughs) It's not something that I can really like put myself in the position of, you know, it's not something I can like visualize myself doing, but yeah, that's a, that's a topic for another day. One thing that stuck out to me was when they showed California and you could just see how dry it seriously was from, from space. And then they went on to mention how 40 million people relied on the Colorado River Basin for water, which kind of made me want to look into it a little bit further. And I found this from the U.S. Department of the Interior. And they said that the Colorado River Basin is the lifeblood for at least 22 federally recognized tribes, seven national wildlife refugees, four national recreation areas, and 11 national parks. All from that one river basin. (laughs) literally all from that one river basin it supplies water to countless states like it's insane how much that that plays a part in in giving water to uh those regions that are basically might as well be deserts yeah and it was really cool to see the way that you could see the colorado river just flowing from space (laughs) yeah exactly um some more things that you could see from space that i found really interesting was the impact we're having on earth so 
one of the things that they talked about was the great rainforest in Brazil, and it's home to nearly half of Earth's species. Almost half a million square miles of that have been cut down and burned in the last 40 years. Seeing those smoke plumes from space, honestly, it was tough because you could see just how much smoke is getting into the atmosphere, which is also causing animals to lose their homes. Like it's everything that you were able to see and put into perspective. It represented something greater than just, oh, look, there's smoke from space. Yeah, exactly. And it it also just like furthers the point that you do matter, like your actions matter. And, you know, if if you can see it from space, well, it's real, you know? Yeah. And another big impact that we're having was evident in just the difference between Earth during the day and at night. Like it was just breathtaking during the day you see vastness and the beauty of mountain ranges trees and lakes oceans rivers at night wow like (laughs) you just you see lights from famous cities that were so bright and you see how many people live there man even the light produced from fishing boats was cool to see but with that all of that comes with energy consumption and all of that energy consumption comes from somewhere and unfortunately we know that's not all coming from green, sustainable, renewable energy sources right now. So every time you see those lights power on, it's cool. But you got to think of what that effect means on the planet until, you know, eventually all of that's coming from solar and from wind and hydro. Yeah, it, it was seriously so cool to see. And like they um, they had one of the astronauts saying like um, he was going across all the cities and all this stuff. You could see exactly where it was. They pulled up a picture of Italy mm-hmm. and you could see so clearly like the boot just outlined by all the lights and stuff. But during the day, it also was super cool because you could see exactly the defining, you know, aspects of what makes each section of the world so cool. Like they showed the Himalayas. Um, they showed, I mean, you mentioned California. They showed that huge, like <laughs> scooped out area. I think they said it looked like somebody scooped it with ice cream and it's the valley region when like all around it is just dark and brown and you see the drought of California from space. Yeah, that was super cool too because like seeing like a topographic like image from space was so cool. I was like, wow, I, I understand why it's called the valley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting that now. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue our discussion on Hulu's A Beautiful Planet. Today is brought to you by Vala Alta. Vala Alta's everyday handkerchief is a high-performance daily-use handkerchief designed to help minimize your impact. Made in the United States from sustainably sourced Irish linen, capturing the material's historic craftsmanship and natural antimicrobial properties, handkerchiefs perfectly balance softness with durability and absorbency with rapid drying. Ideal for functional use in all settings from the outdoors to routine encounters, their small and lightweight design makes one a must-carry for wherever life takes you. Build your own bundles from limited edition colors at valaalta.co and save 15% with code TPT at checkout. That's V-A-L-A-A-L-T-A dot co and code TPT.
Perfect Planet today, we're going to continue our conversation about a beautiful planet on Hulu. Nick, what are some of the things that you learned from this movie? That you could still deadlift in space. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, but seriously, it was so cool to see how the astronauts live on the International Space Station. And I also didn't really know how taxing being in space can potentially be on your body. Um, So the first thing they, they showed was that the astronauts had two and a half hours every day devoted to straight up just working out. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's in order to combat the effects of muscle atrophy, which is caused by weightlessness. Yeah, I'll be honest. I did not know much about the International Space Station. Like what you mentioned, I didn't realize that weightlessness in space for so long can have an impact on your eyesight and cause your eyesight to get worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's just parts of life that, you know, start to deteriorate because our bodies are made for and accustomed to Earth's gravity. And when you're not in that atmosphere, you know, it's going to take a toll. So that was super interesting. Yeah. And also like for all those people who just like sit on the couch all day, Hey, you know what? You're still doing stuff. You're getting pulled down by gravity (laughs) and you're using your muscles to just hold yourself up. I don't know. Uh, If you've seen my posture when I watch a movie, I can assure you I am not using my muscles at all. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was really cool how the ISS is powered by the sun, which someone listening is probably like, Matt, you absolute dolt. How did you not know that? (laughs) Look, I just kind of assumed that other ships had to go up and refuel it all the time. Um, I, again, I knew not much about the ISS. Also 16 countries helped build it. That's pretty cool. And I guess that's why they call it the international space station. (laughs) But when they said 16, I was like, wow, I thought there was only like four countries that have gone to space. (laughs) Yeah, write write me down in the books as someone who always thought space was cool, but like I have a very surface level understanding of it. So this was interesting for me. (laughs) Yeah, same. I I have never really, it's always interested me, but never have I taken the time to be like, okay, let's learn more about this thing. Yeah. Two more things I wanted to bring up. Um, I thought it was really cool to see some of the scientists growing their own crops without soil and we got to see them grow and eat lettuce in space. That reminded me a lot of the Martian by Andy Weir. Um, there's a a movie about that with Matt Damon and Mark Watney's the character he's stranded on Mars. And you know, at one point he has to learn how to grow potatoes on Mars. And that just reminded me a lot of, of this scene. (laughs) You got to get very creative to only eat potatoes. But you know what? When it's your only life source, then kind of have to. Brother, that's just my diet. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it was also cool to see the scientists who study stars that are, you know, not too hot, not too cold. And they call this the Goldilocks zone. And then they study planets that are far enough away from those stars where they might be able to support water. So it's interesting to think that there could be life out there thousands of light years away. I was going to bring this up later, but do you think there is life outside of Earth? (sighs) The age old question. I think just by sheer matter of like the amount of, of world out there, like it's too much for there not to be life. There just has to be. There literally just has to be. Yeah. There's too many galaxies and and solar systems out there for there not to be life. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it would almost be naive to think that there isn't and that, you know, we are the only life 
in the entire universe. Like that just, I don't think that could be. And I, I don't think that that necessarily means that there's other humans or humanoid like creatures out there. You know, it could be single celled organisms. It could be something that looks similar to some of the animals on earth, but I don't know. I just, I think that there almost has to be because what are the odds of there not being? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it would be weird if we're the only civilized planet on earth. But you know what I also thought about is we would have no way of communicating with them. Yeah. Absolutely none. But who knows? Maybe in maybe in a hundred thousand years. It'd be so weird. <laughs> build some sort of thing that translates thoughts. <laughs> so what are the, some of the things that stood out to you about the astronauts aside from muscle atrophy being something that they have to work out all the time to, <laughs> to deal with? Yeah, I, I guess I just didn't know that it was, I, I knew it was obviously like a, a tough job, but I didn't know that they were like, I, I really think of them as like heroes now almost because it's, yeah, it's almost like a death defying job. You know, like they, at one part in the documentary, they had one of the guys out there, sorry, he's putting on his suit um, before he goes out onto the uh, International Space Station to um, do some work or, or whatever the case may be. But he goes out there and he was just talking about if he gets his suit cut on, you know, any of anything, the, yeah, <laughs> any literally of the anything, corners. because exactly any of the corners, if he gets his suit cut by any of that, he's basically going to just die. Like there's, there's no saving him if he, if he gets cut. He, he mentioned how like the leak, if, if it slices your glove and there's a leak and the leak is big enough, you could just die, which is yeah. wild and even before he gets to that point he's like yeah I, I feel like my fingers are on fire because of how hot the sun was while I'm tethered to the international space station <laughs> yeah. and look that whole thing just seems so terrifying to me like imagine those circumstances and then I'll also add in the fact that I don't know you're tethered to a floating space station in the <laughs> vast nothingness of space yeah <laughs> like it's a lot yeah, you know what it immediately made me think of is the movie with um, Sandra Bullock. Um, Gravity? Well, Gravity, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's immediately what I thought of and how, I don't want to give it away, but I'm just going to, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Beep, Skip beep, 30 beep, seconds beep. if you haven't seen it and want to. Yes, okay. When George Clooney just fades away into nothingness and he's just going, like flipping over himself like yeah. hundreds of times over until he just ultimately just passes out. That is like... You are taking a massive risk. I give you all the credit in the world for it. Yeah, I personally would not want to be an astronaut. Like, it would be really cool to look at Earth from space and, you know, being in zero G is probably fun and all of that is useful for scientists, but <laughs> not not for me. Yeah, same. Could you imagine not being able to shower for months aside from using wipes? Like, that first shower back on Earth <laughs> is probably blissful. <laughs> Seriously, like if you have kids, just get them out of the house. You want pure relaxation when you get into that first shower. My goodness, I can't even imagine. <laughs> All right, Matt, and our last discussion question. Is there anything else that you want to say about this film? Um, Yeah, I liked Samantha. Uh, I forget her last name, but she's one of the astronauts. I, I liked her outlook on Earth. You know, she said, to protect it, we need to all act like crew members and not passengers. And we all have a commitment to this team to make sure that we all have a better place to live. So I, I definitely like that a lot. You know, it's hard sometimes when you have people in power 
actively doing whatever they can to go against that kind of idea. But there is reason to believe that if everyone truly agrees to work together to protect our planet, we can. And that was kind of my, my takeaway from this. Yeah, for sure. And before we close things out for the day, the same three questions we close all of our reviews with. What was the most impactful scene for you, Matt? I don't really think there was any scene that was particularly impactful. Um, <laughs> that might be a little harsh, but like nothing on here was groundbreaking information to me that made me step back and, and think about something brand new. But yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think this documentary's purpose was to be exceptionally impactful. I think it was more so just meant to inform. And I think it, it succeeded in that in doing that. Yeah, I think it was just supposed to be cool. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow, all of these shots are so cool. I don't think it's supposed to be, you know, the most introspective thing you've ever watched. Yeah, exactly. All right, number two, what was your key takeaway for this documentary as a whole? I think my key takeaway is that so much can go wrong if there isn't any action taken towards climate change. The Seeing the smoke plumes um, from the great rainforest in Brazil, that just like was was rough to see. And, and then also that we're just so lucky to have a planet that we're able to live on and, you know, like live the lives that we do on it. Yeah. Um, to piggyback off that, I think a quote from the movie kind of sums up my takeaway pretty well. Um, it's It's a giant universe out there, but there's nowhere like Earth. So, you know, that, that meant to me, this planet is so perfectly designed to support life and it's just so worth protecting it because it's the only home we've got. Like one of my favorite quotes, um, somebody actually held up a sign that said this at one of the people's climate marches that I went to in Washington DC a couple of years ago. And it just said, there's no planet B. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like for the people that are like trying to get Mars to be inhabitable and stuff like it's just focus on earth. Like we have a perfectly great place here. Yeah. And that's not to say never, like maybe one day, but right now we have something that's pretty good right here. Like let's, yeah, let's maintain this and let's make it better. And then, you know, maybe one day we'll do Mars, but I'm not ready to give up on this whole earth experiment yet. <laughs> exactly. All right. And the last question on a scale of wouldn't recommend to, I loved it. What would you rate a beautiful planet? I would say it's fine. Like it's a good way to introduce your kids or friends who aren't familiar with climate change to the concept of it. But I don't really think this gave me a ton of new knowledge per se. Um, it provided really cool imagery to reinforce some of the stuff that we know from studying this sort of stuff. But yeah, I'd say it was a cool watch. Yeah, I am not going to jump out of my shoes to recommend it to someone. Um, but I also wouldn't say that I wouldn't recommend it. So I'm somewhere in between. I would say you should watch it. It's short. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 45 minutes. Like certainly we've all done something worse with 45 minutes in our lives. So, you know, you've sat in a doctor's office and just waited for 45 minutes. So this is a pretty good uh, way to watch it. We're going to give it a great waiting room movie out of 10. <laughs> If it's if it's on in a waiting room that you are in, definitely watch it. Yes. <laughs> and that'll do it for today's episode of TPT. We'll be back on Friday for some more of those quick hitting stories you know and love from us. Yes. And make sure to follow along on our socials at Planet Today Pod for clips from the show and an exclusive quick hit Matt is doing every single week. 
we got a lot of clips, we got a lot of views, and we got a lot of viewers who are ready to watch them. So join the TPT social media fam. Yes, please. And for the planet today, I am Nick Janusa. I'm Matt Norton. See you on Friday. Peace. Peace.